Osorio here at Houston Cinema Arts Festival. I'm joined today by the incredible Kimberly Rivers Roberts. It's such an honor to be sitting here with you today. So welcome to Houston Cinema Arts Festival 2019. Have you been here for most of the festival or are you just well, getting here today? I just arrived uh, yesterday, but so far so good. It's been, it's been fun. It's been a good experience. Yes, absolutely. Do you have any roots to Houston? Do you have anything that you've been here before you said? Yeah. I've um, came here because I have, you know, family that evacuated from New Orleans. They, they now live here. They have restaurants and businesses, and they've, they've established themselves here. So, you know, I've been here twice before this occasion visiting and hope I can get around and say hello to those folks, too. That's great to be able to reconnect with family and be yeah, able to share your good. film with them. So what does it mean to you to be able to share Fear No Gumbo with audiences here in Houston? Well, it means a lot to me because this, we, my most important thing, goal is getting the film out. I want people to see this. Uh, the stories that are told in Fear No Gumbo is not just a representation of what happened in New Orleans or what's happening in New Orleans, but these stories can resonate in all inner cities and cities throughout America, all over the world. So this is big for me to kind of, you know, come to Houston and share the story and, you know, uh, raise awareness and hope f folks walk away feeling like they can do something. Um, in their community to be, to uplift the community to make it better too after seeing Fear No Gumbo. And watching this, it's just kind of impactful, like being here in Houston and, and seeing what Harvey did to our community. It's, these are stories that are just not being told. We're right. not seeing these stories in the media. They're primarily focused on the rebuilding and the coming back stories, but nobody's focusing on the stories like the ones in the Ninth Ward. Yeah. Um, well, that's what makes Fear No Gumbo um, important because uh, Fear No Gumbo just, again, is a representation of what's happening in all disaster hit areas, you know, all recovery communities. And uh, that, that's what makes the story powerful because it gives people an inside look into the lives of people while they're recovering or, you know, what their struggles have been, the things we have to overcome as a whole, as a community of recovering uh, people from disasters. I mean, with global warming and all the things that's going on, these things are happening like every year, year after year. And it's pretty much the same story all over. Like Katrina has happened quite a few times since 2005. So, you know, it's important for me to get the story out, to get the film saw as much as possible to raise awareness about, you know, what's happening and to all, most importantly, show people we can do something. You know, um, don't want to be a spoiler, but like some of the stories in Fear No Gumbo, I mean, a lot of things, you know, the, the main character was basically speaking truth to power, you know, saying this is wrong. You can't, after the storm hit, and you know, we all vulnerable but right now, it's not right for you to come in our community and set up shop and do these things and take our stories and take advantage of us and, and mis misuse us at this time. So again, I hope, again, the film gets out and see as many, many people as possible see the film, but um, people are inspired to know that after the disaster hit, I mean, we can stand up, we still can fight for our rights to be in our community and to come back home. Since the making of Trouble the Water, Fear No Gumbo is the follow-up, essentially. How has your journey been affected in sharing this incredibly powerful story? Well, I mean, you always got the nose. You can't do this. You, we're not going to let you do this. Um, this ain't right. <laughs> but um, it's been a story of perseverance commitment, you know, uh, you love what you love, you know what you want to do, and just, you know, you go at it every day, 
it's like rebuilding after a storm. You know, people who have had to rebuild their lives, their communities, you know, they help, you know, their family, et cetera. They tell you, it's not a one-stop shop. You go at it every day, you stick commitment, and you see it through, and you be proud at the end that you saw it through. And I'm happy about Fear No Gumbo thus far. It's been quite the ta challenge uh, making the film. I almost self-funded. I think I got like one grant from the Jazz Harrington Foundation in New Orleans. But I self-funded the film because I believe the stories were important and people need to know what's happening in communities like New Orleans after disasters. So, um, and most importantly, I hope people are inspired. So I, that's my tool to life. I mean, we only live once, so it's like, what are you gonna do while you're here? And I, I feel my calling is to tell stories and to raise awareness and show people that we can stand up for our community. We can fight back. We can, you know, speak truth to power and demand change. We don't just have to sit around and let people just come and take advantage of our communities at a vulnerable time. So I hope, again, people are inspired by Fear No Gumbo when they see it and people get up and know that they can do something, you know? Can you tell me more about the documentary itself without giving away anything? <laughs> There's so much that happens in it, but it really is an incredible journey. Oh, uh, well, Fear No Gumbo basically is a journey um, that I took, that I went on because I, I, I was living in the community, the Lord Night War, and I saw the community wasn't rebuilding. It wasn't bouncing back fast enough. I was living in a community where the lots were overgrown. Um, we had all type of people just dumping dead bodies and, you know, um, in the community and um, they were like doing different things in the community that wasn't tending to the needs of people. You know, people were coming and just doing what they wanted to do, like corporations and people with money and, 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 and names and success, but they weren't really asking people, what do y'all need? So a lot of the work was like overlooked, like when the people were overlooked and people were just trying, trying to do start projects. What they did, a lot of them, they started projects and didn't finish. You know, and to me, just to get their photo out to say, oh, look what we did in the Lower Night War. At the end of the day, you go back to that project, they did nothing. A lot of people provided false hope in the community. So I was living there with my daughter, and I didn't want the community to be like that. Like, I wanted to do something to, to make it better because we lived there. And I didn't want her to ask me, Mama, why this, why that? And at one time, she started asking me, Mama, why our community like this? Why, they, why it's so green? It's just beautiful to be green. But they had homes. It was a fully populated community at one time. So... Um, again, I just went on a journey to try to change the community and make things better for her and her friends to have a better community to live in. And it became really evident from watching the film that it was the people who needed it the most that weren't getting those resources. And that was really eye-opening, I think, is to realize that these communities just weren't being rebuilt. The people who needed it the most, who were affected the most, yep. were just being neglected. Absolutely. So when did you first get the idea for Fear No Gumbo? Was it during or after Trouble the Water? Did you decide to just follow that up? or? Well, I wasn't going to do another documentary after Trouble the Water. I, just wouldn't, I just was going to like just be a rapper. Because I'm still just a rapper at the end of the day. I'm just a rapper that's trying to make change in her community. But... Um, I wasn't going to do another documentary. I really wasn't going to get back into filming uh, until um, I was, the beginning of Fear No Gumbo was I was trying to perform my music on the streets of New Orleans as a, a street musician because I couldn't book a location in which to perform and the Super Bowl was coming to our community, I mean coming to our city that year. So what I did was um, I said, I'm going to go to the city and get a permit if I could and set up and just perform because I just wanted to be seen. I just wanted to be heard, you know. So I went and did that and got everything put in order for me to do this performance. When I got there, the police 
a, a traffic cop was directing traffic. He stopped what he was doing and came in and told me I didn't have the right to perform my music at the location I was at. Although the city gave me all the um, permits, they gave me all the green lights to do it, he told me I couldn't. He told me if I didn't leave, he was going to seize my equipment and lock me up, which kind of scared me, you know. So we had put, like, some money in um, making a song, and, you know, everything that I invested in was, like, this up in the air. So when he came over there, my, I told my cousin, I say, film this. So he took the, the, the cell phone, he filmed the cop shutting us down. You know, so um, that was the beginning of Fear No Gumbo because my civil rights was violated. I didn't have the right to perform my music. I had the right to freedom, freedom of speech because the city actually had compromised my business plan, you know, at the time. So um, I had got with uh, different coalitions throughout the city. Uh, Macno was one of them, and Macno wanted to use that video that I had of the police shutting me down as a visual to promote, you know, what they were doing to make like a documentary about the police, you know, shutting people down. So I'm like, nah, I might as well, if I'm gonna let y'all do it, I might as well make a film myself. And that was the beginning of Fear No Gumbo, although we didn't use this scene in the documentary. It was just the beginning because we went, we started filming, a lot of things happened, and a lot of injustices, a lot of things that were happening, um, a lot of, you know, just events that was happening in the city, like uh, just, there was a riot or there, there was um, just anything that was happening that was newsworthy that we was there shooting trying to get content for Fear No Gumbo and that's how we ended up with so much content for Fear No Gumbo that we just started just recording and uh, that's how Fear No Gumbo started. It started off as my civil rights getting violated and I got mad and I did something and I wanted to tell my story and that's how we started. You have such a powerful voice. You are so <laughs> good at being able to hone in on that and being able to shed light on these issues. Yeah. Uh, your film explores the systemic racism and neglect experienced by the people in the Lower Ninth Ward. What challenges did you face while you were making the actual film? A whole bunch of no's, a whole bunch of you can't do this, <laughs> a whole bunch of uh, accusations. People were saying I was compromising their business plan and all that. And I'm like, I'm compromising your business plan. You coming to my neighborhood doing this. Is this, is this, this is right? You sure that's right? It's not right? Because it's going to benefit the people, you know? And yeah, so a lot of people challenged me. A lot of people just tried to discourage me to tell me I shouldn't do it. And a lot of people was like, girl, are you doing that? You about to go film these people? I can't believe you go put these people on camera. Yeah, because I have questions and they should be held accountable. So yeah, it was hard trying to hold people accountable. It was challenging. But nevertheless, you know, when you believe what you believe in and you know that you know, you have to be the voice for the, your community. If you don't stand up and say something and do something, then nobody's going to do nothing. Then you just keep going because you believe in what you believe in, and that's equal justice and liberty for all people. You know what I'm saying? So that's what was my motivation. And I hung in there with the film, and I'm just so happy I finished it, and I'm really getting the movie out. So, yeah. And it really is. It's an incredible film. We, we don't want to give anything away, but in the <laughs> film, yeah. you do confront one of those culture vultures yeah. who came in and tried to tell this story, one that he didn't experience or live himself. What has it been like for you to actually go out and share the real truth of stories that wouldn't otherwise get much attention? Actually, that's a great question. So far, it's been incredible, you know, because I'm doing what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like most people do what they can. I'm really out here doing what I want to do, and I'm standing up for something that's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm writing my own history. 
you know, to be the type of woman that I am and I'm doing it in front of my daughter because I want her to see a positive black woman that's out here just standing up for something right and, you know, just 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 pushing forward on things she believes in and not taking no fun answer. So maybe one day we'll look up and laws will be changed. Um, you know, people have more protection for the community after disasters being hit, et cetera. Um, people will start talking about fair use and all the other topics we discussed in the film, that this film could be a, a, a tool for change, that you know, that and, and the change that's necessary in the community because people saw what happened. They saw the stories. They, and you can't deny it. These people telling their own story. These people in this documentary are their own expert witnesses. So it's been, so far it's been good. I've been, you know, hit with a few challenges here and there, but nevertheless, we're going to continue to push forward and persevere, hopefully finish getting the film funded, and uh, all the budgets we need to keep perpetuating the story. My goal is Academy Award win, if I can get that. Get I believe I can. Nomination. Get another nomination. Yeah, we get nominated. <laughs> we want to win this time. Yeah, it's like this we time we're going in for the win. I hope so. I hope so. This, this film got a lot of different beautiful uh, aspects and stories that may get their attention, so I hope so. Yeah, but it's not just about the stories. It just has a lot of heart in it, too, I think, because you're so much in it. Mm -hmm. And it's about, it's not just it's not just the stories of what's going on that you're bringing to light. It's your story, too. Yeah. And it's like, you, you went through the same thing that these people went through. Yeah. This is your community. That's why it was so infuriating to watch. It made me so mad. <laughs> But um, you've said that these stories of New Orleans matter because it's an important part of America's past and future. Mm -hmm. What lessons do you hope people will take away when hearing these stories? I hope people know that we all can do something, most importantly. Again, we don't have to sit around and just let people, corporations, this big, big whoever come in our communities and just take what they want and don't have to give us nothing back. Um, I want young people, women, children, young men, people, period, to know that we, we don't have to sit around and do, do, we can do something. We can question these people. We can ask them. You know what I'm saying? We can, we can approach them. We can bring our camera. We can bring our cell phone. We can speak truth to power. We can also, you know, hold people responsible and accountable for, in our cases, in the cases of Fair No Gumbo, some of the stories we share, our community still haven't been rebuilt. You know, the Lord Night World was, what, 99% African-American, 88% homeowners, 44,000 pre-Katrina. We might have 10,000 people now. Where are the houses? Where are the homes? Where are the community? Why you want to, you know, drop a, just a park here and there's no one here to play in the park? And if you do play in the park, all the other underlying issues that we cover in Fear No Gumbo, et cetera. So, again, I want people to know that we all could do something. We just don't have to sit around and let people just run amok and exploit us and exploit our community without doing nothing. Because the main character in this film, she did nothing. She did a lot. She got off her butt and she did something. And I want people to know that we all could do something and change the, 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 the mark of our community and make it what we want to do. If we put in effort and we try and we go at it every day and we be these positive examples for these young men and young women, you know, I'm nobody's role model, don't get me wrong, but I know that I could do something, man. I want people to know they, they can too. And we're doing it for these young people. These young people grow up and see that they could do it too. They don't have to sit around and just, oh, watch this or just film this. No, with your cell phone. No, we walk, walk. I dare you. Walk over and ask them what they're doing. And ask them how long they're going to be here. And ask them how much it costs. And ask them, this is the question. Who benefits from this? If your name or your community don't benefit from this, then you need to ask more questions. 
your determination to tell these stories and reveal these truths is so inspiring. What change would you like to see as a result of the film? Well, I want, um, definitely I want laws to be changed, put in place to protect people. I want, you know, congressmen, senators, lawmakers, city, local, federal level, I want everybody to see this film because they're the ones they could do the most. You know, I want protection for people, especially in communities like the Lower Night War, where, you know, the educational system has been broken since before Katrina. They just started to rebuild it. That's been broken for 40, 50 years. You know, people are not, like, on the levels in which they should be on because of all the things that have held communities like the Lower Night War down, like broken educational systems, underfunded schools, underfunded, you know, communities. And when people uh, come and present ideas, a lot of people don't know how to respond because they just haven't been educated. But if we could pass laws and protection of these people, you know, my film has did, did, did its justice. You know, if we could, um, if people could be made aware that these things are happening and have happened and do something to protect the people, or the people can protect themselves. They see the film, they, they see these things happen in their community, they know that they don't have to just sit around and not do nothing, but they can do something too. So ultimately, you know, I hope the film um, help people um, bring insight, like give people a look inside the lives of people like myself and people in the light in the night war, and they have an idea they can be touched by the stories and and know and bridge some kind of gap, because the, the title "Fear No Gumbo" is it's the fear that people have that divides the people. So people don't know the stories of recovery, disaster recovery. People don't know the stories of people in the Lower Night War. So they may not even come to the Lower Night War when they come to New Orleans. But if they see these stories, they can understand the human aspect. Then we could bridge that gap. It's no longer fear because you understand these people now because you saw these stories. And hopefully fear no gumbo could, could kind of bridge that gap and make people understand more so we could get along better as a society. And also just motivate people to do something, right? So what's the best way someone could help spread awareness or even get involved in the recovery of the Ninth Ward if they really wanted to? In terms of the Ninth Ward, you have like a lot of nonprofits there. You could, you know, Google nonprofits. Come to, come to the Lower Ninth Ward. Investigate yourself. Come talk with the people. Oh, I know what you could do. Act, come down there, visit people, and ask them what do they need personally. Yeah. And then from there, ask the community. Come down to one of our community meetings. It's been the volunteers that has, that has helped people the most. Uh, so come down, bring a group of people, volunteer, come ask the people what they need. Or better yet, you could go to uh, contact me, fearnogumbo at gmail.com. Any kind of way I can help you, help my community, that's what the documentary is all about. You could go on our website, fearnogumbo.net, and um, check us out. Contact me. Uh, you could actually donate there. Or better yet, if you would like, help, help get the word out, help perpetuate the movie. Uh, help donate to, to, to help the film go further so more and more people could do what you want to do, and that is help our community. So there's so many ways to help, but um, definitely help us get this story out. Post on your social media. Talk about Fear No Gumbo. Go see the trailer on YouTube, uh, Fear No Gumbo. You can see the music video, which I did too, called Fear No Gumbo. And uh, just, just spread it on your social media. Help get the word out. Uh, go to the website, donate, and just come to the city, volunteer, so much to be done. And I hope people see the film and uh, again, do something. Are there any plans for another follow-up to continue to tell <laughs> the story? 
Oh my God, we got so much content. We could do like three follow-ups. Um, but yes and no. I'm gonna say yes because the story got to be finished. We got to do another story. But I'm saying no because we need to focus on one thing at a time. Let's get these stories told. Let's get Fear No Gumbo out. Let's get this film as far as possible. Then we'll double back and get the rest. But right now, I'm kind of like focusing on this. But again, I got like about six shorts that's already edited. So you might see those shorts come out on another platform, something like that. So what's next for you on a personal level? Because you're a performer too, you're a rap artist. Yeah, just keep doing music. I'm Queen Black Crow Medina. <laughs> I'm the queen and um, just keep doing my work. Just keep doing film if I, if, if I have to, sorry about that. Okay. Uh, keep doing film, keep doing music, um, just trying to be the best person I could possibly be, continue to self-improve, and continue to just reach back for my community as much as I can. If people want to follow your journey, how can they find you? Oh, it's easy. Fearnogumbo at gmail.com. Also, blackcoldmedina187 at gmail.com. You can email me. Um, BornHustlerRecords.com. You can go ahead and check a lot of my music out, merch, etc. You can support there also. Um, just social media, Instagram, Queen Cole Medina, um, Cole Medina Rivers on uh, Facebook. Just look up Black Cole Medina. Everything will come come to you. Just look up Fear No Gumbo. Everything will come to you, sir. But everybody, listen to her stuff. She's incredible. Yes. You're amazing. Are you, do you have any plans while you're in Houston? You said you have family here. Yeah, I'm going to see some people, but mostly I'm going to check out a lot of these films at this festival. I'm going to um, go to the award ceremony. I'm going to just enjoy the film festival, the parties, and my stay while I'm here in Houston. I'm loving it. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. I It truly is an honor to really meet you, and, and I've been following your journey since Trouble the Water, so this has been really great. So thank you again so much, Kimberly Rivers Roberts. You're amazing. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>